Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, what's up? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 63 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with uh, two guests, uh, Catherine Folkadent and Hegemon. Can't say your last name. <laughs> it's actually Afrakte, but I don't plan on you saying it, so just call me Paige. Okay, so we have Paige Afrakte and uh, Catherine Folkadent. Almost. Folkadent. <laughs> they are my co organizers of the Nomad Summit, uh, which Yay. is coming up. Yeah. And we're really excited to talk about what that is. But more importantly, and how we put this crazy event together in way less than 10 days. Record yeah. time. Uh, so first, a little bit about the two of you. Catherine, where are you from and what do you do? Yeah, well, I'm, my name's Catherine, as you said. Um, I'm from Austria and I'm a freelancer working out of Chiang Mai. Um, I mainly work for clients in uh, Europe and do their social media, copywriting, online marketing, email marketing, that kind of stuff. Okay, so. cool. And I'm Pejman. Um, I've actually been in Chiang Mai a little bit over two weeks. Um, <laughs> Before coming here, uh, I heard about Chiang Mai being a digital nomad hotspot from Johnny's podcast. So this is kind of like a full circle for me, being on the podcast. Uh, it's very surreal. And I'm a web developer, web designer, and graphic designer. Kind of a generalist in all senses, and, and a photographer. So uh, I feel like I could kind of help <laughs> with any kind of service. So we'll take it one of So if you guys want to see uh, the best looking website I've ever been a part of, <laughs> It's nomadsummit.com, and thanks to Vegmon for, for putting that together. Uh, if you want to see an ugly website, look at the uh, Wayback Machine of johnnyfd.com. <laughs> uh, but we're really excited because the three of us have basically randomly decided to put together Chiang Mai, or I don't know, maybe, not, definitely not the world's first, but I don't know, I've never really heard of any other um, digital nomad conventions or summits. Have you guys? Yeah, well, I've heard of one uh, in Berlin that's, I think, going to run in um, in May, but it's, like, pretty expensive, actually. It's, like, a th- 350 euros or something for mm-hmm. attendees, and it's not so much, like, digital nomads for digital nomads. It's more, like, for people that are interested in location, um, independent business, stuff like that. So it's, it's different in terms of the focus and also the people that are speaking there, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely yeah. a lot of big events, yeah. like yeah, the... Yeah. Um, I don't know, like the World Domination Summit <laughs> or like the Super Affiliate Summit or the, yeah. you know, yeah. big Amazon summits. And they almost always charge $500 to $1,000 per right. ticket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, how, how did this come about? <laughs> I think it's actually, was it was um, your idea. Like you started chatting um, to us after the Nomad IO, Nomad List IO, I'm sorry, um, meetup mm-hmm. about how there was like so many people showing up and what would happen if you actually put them in the room and, you know, gave them a, a format to discuss their experiences and skills. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Hashtag Nomad, which is a yeah. online chat platform put on by Peter Levels, who actually met out here in Chiang Mai uh, about, about a year and a half ago. Um, Genius, by the way. Mm. A really cool guy. And he, so he put together the nomadforum.io and then nomadlist.io. List. Yeah. Yeah. So basically anything with nomad and .io, uh, Peter put, put out. <laughs> and they had a meetup for their online chat group, which is Hashtag Nomad. Uh, and everyone thought, you know, maybe 20, 30, 35 people would show up, but over a hundred people showed up to this and it was just a, um, a night to drink basically at a bar is at the blah, blah, 
Blah Blah Bar in Chiang Mai. <laughs> Great name. Yeah. And I was there thinking, wow, this is so cool. There's so many digital nomads. But mainly it was because I felt like I've already met most of them in Chiang Mai. But I realized I've only met the ones that I either already know, uh, hang out, the ones that hang out at Pun Space or whatever it is. And there's all these, you know, different groups. And, and I was like, man, this would be so cool if everyone got together in a sober environment where you can actually hear each other and maybe we can all learn from each other. And it happened in record time, which is ridiculous. Like yeah. We were just talking outside the bar and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to probably set up a conference or something, like <laughs> something along the lines where we could actually learn from each other. Mm. And I was like, yeah, awesome. But I didn't really expect it to be done in such record time. You know, a big reason is actually because Catherine, it, what you basically offered to help, you know, organize and you said you might be able to get sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I think the first time you mentioned it, I kind of was like, ah, oh, kind of lazy. I don't yeah. know. Like, I have so yeah. many things to do right now. <laughs> you know, like, maybe, you know, and it's only two weeks away. Like, I don't think we can do it. But then I think you mentioned it maybe two or three times. And then I knew that you were, you genuinely wanted to help. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's give it a shot. Let's yeah. try it. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I actually thought that you were the guy that was like, you know, let's do this, let's do this, do this. I guess, you know, we just kind of fed up each other's energy on that there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. the type that if I decide to do something, I go 100%. Yeah, yeah. But it's, if I decided to do everything that randomly popped in my mind, right. it'd be way too many projects. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, that happened to me when I arrived here. Actually, it's this, oh, a butterfly kind of effect thing. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, I mean, I'm a freelancer, but I also came here to like work on some other stuff of my own. And you know, there there's all those things like coming around, like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, whatever. And every week you like seem to have a new idea, right? Yeah, and you're like, it's really like, that's one of the challenges here. Like just to stay focused, I guess. And you know. I think that's a high value yeah. challenge yeah. where yeah. there's so many things that out here that are actually working. Right, yeah. And you meet so many people who are successful with it that yeah. you're like, yeah. wow, there's yeah. a, I can basically do any of these and yeah. be successful, so why yeah. not do all of them? Exactly, yeah. While one of the you know things that a lot of people struggle with back home mm -hmm. is they're not surrounded by people who yeah. are successful with you know any kind of online business or anything, yeah. not, you know, anything like that where they're so lost where they don't think anything works. And mm -hmm. they're like, no, that won't work because of this. Yeah. Um, well, they got tunnel vision for the mm -hmm. most part, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have that um, support group um, of helping them. And I feel like there's such a diverse group of people from all around the world. And I think for the most part, they're very smart. Everyone I've talked to here have been very smart. So I think definitely it's kind of an incubation. <laughs> gym time. Gym <laughs> time. I actually had to run for a second because it was kind of nice with your with your story. <laughs> nice slow music. No, but it's absolutely true. And uh, what's really cool is if you guys listened to the last episode sixty two with Archie, he was a listener as well. Yeah. And then he was on the show and he, he talked about going full full circle. Yes. And then now you as well. Definitely. And I feel like this kind of a trend. Um, 2015 set out to be one of one pretty great year for digital nomads. I know Catherine doesn't doesn't really like the term, but you I know what? Um, I love it. Last year's <laughs> digital nomad.io um, nomadlist.io was only like 20 or 30 people, and like you said, this year it's been over 100. So I, I feel like it's kind of like the tipping point, and we're out we're set for great things in yeah. the community. So with this event, the Nomad Summit. We had no idea how many people would show up. We didn't know if people would come, you know, and we just decided, hey, let's give it a shot. So we started with just a Facebook events 
page. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, you anyone can set this up in two seconds. And I didn't realize that as soon as I posted it, everyone sees it. So I was I was basically gonna post it and then take my time to edit it, and then the next day I was gonna invite people to the to the um, event. But literally, as soon as I pressed post, I was like, oh crap, everybody's joining it. <laughs> and there was no cover image, there was no details, like really nothing on there. And we didn't have a website for the first couple of days. We didn't actually have a way to sign up. <laughs> we were just like, well, you know what? Let's, let's, see. let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 50 people, you know, RSVP'd saying they were interested, they were going to come. Mm. And... This is before we posted it anywhere. Mm. I mean, this was just people kind of just randomly finding it. Word of mouth. Word right? of mouth, starting with friends and, you know, other people, you know, spread, spreading it. You know, because then what happens on Facebook events is if you click, yes, I'm going, your, your other friends see it. And then yeah. they're like, oh, that sounds cool. So right. they click, yes, we're going to go. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was after we had about 50 people or so, I said to Paige, I was like, hey, I bought the, web, the domain nomadsummit.com. Which was available, by the way. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 It's a good domain. And I was like, you know, do you mind, you know, helping put up a site? And I thought it was going to be, you know, I, I only use like Blogger or like Weebly, you know? <laughs> if you look Shame at on my you. Sites. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And uh, so this is one of my first WordPress sites ever. And it's beautiful. So if you guys want to just check it out and see who's speaking at it, it's nomadsummit.com. Uh, and that... Yeah, I mean, I, I think once we had that up, we were like, okay, let's let's take it to the next level. So the next level was to actually reserve a seminar room. And because I had helped my buddy Anton with his retreat uh, a few months ago, I knew that the Ibis Hotel had really nice seminar rooms. Uh, I wasn't sure how much it was going to be, but I was like, let's just, um, let's just go for it, you know? And Catherine had mentioned that she might be able to get some sponsors. And I thought, okay, you know what? I'm just going to take a leap of faith. I'm just going to reserve a room, you know, not knowing if anyone's going to come, uh, if I'm going to get sponsors, you know, maybe I end up spending some money on my pocket, but it'll be fun. Let's just give it a shot. So I reserved the room and Catherine? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just kind of got started and, you know, approaching people that I knew and um, that I figured could like be interested in supporting our, our mission in that sense. And, um, yeah, in the beginning, it was really me just shooting off like emails and Facebook messages and trying to, you know, get to people through people I knew in my network. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that, I mean, what, what are we essentially trying to do? We're trying to, you know, get more knowledge into the community and, you know, just really encourage knowledge sharing and experience sharing. And um, there's a lot of companies that share those values or are even um, interested in hiring remotely. So for them, this is a pretty interesting um, opportunity to get in front of those people. And um, this was kind of like the, the my target audience in terms of looking for sponsors. So um, yeah, as I said, in the beginning, it was just like sending off messages. Hey, um, would you generally be interested? And um, I got quite some positive feedback, which was very, very encouraging um, from uh, likes like Buffer, Leo. I just want to say thank you so much. Even you at the very, you were the first person to tell me, oh, this is awesome. We'd be, we'd love to sponsor this. So um I really, really appreciate that you guys just, you know, took that step with us and said, hey, if we believe in what you guys are doing and we're going to help. Um, and I actually put together a sponsorship document, you know, even at that time when I did that, we didn't have all the website down or anything like that. So um, basically the strategy that we that I took was just, you know, I was very, very open about everything we're trying to achieve. Um, we're, essentially what we were trying to do is to build like, I don't know, I may, probably many of the listeners here are familiar with the Lean Startup, which I basically got to learn um, by heart working for a startup in Austria and there's like this concept of an MVP like the minimal 
viable product and um, I guess that's what we tried building with that conference you know the, the minimal thing build it push it out and see what happens and um, yeah if the feedback's good go ahead and I think this is more or less what happened with that conference right yeah 100% yeah. I mean yeah. so for for a conference like this the minimum viable product <laughs> or the, what we you know the bare minimum we need is a Facebook page yeah so that's what we made we're like okay yeah. we don't need a website yet we don't right. need a way to actually even collect tickets or anything we can we could technically just have a place for people to meet mm. and a Facebook page and yeah. you'll have a conference. It won't, right. you know, maybe it won't be as great as it could be, mm. but it'll still work. And honestly, that was kind of the backup plan yeah. is if we couldn't get enough people, mm. let's say we couldn't get speakers, we couldn't get people, we couldn't get sponsors. <laughs> I would have just, I would have had it anyways and say, okay, let's all meet up mm. in the hotel, you know, lobby. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? exactly. And let's just hang out and let's just, you know, you know, meet each other in yeah. a quiet, you know, and maybe in a quiet setting and, Whoever I mean, wanted you, to talk could. You could have always renamed it to the Digital Nomad Flash Mob, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But turns out that, you know, people, you know, start drawing word of mouth. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Paige put up the website and it looked nice. And we used something called Eventbrite uh, to collect um, actually emails. So the event is actually free, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why I want, I really wanted it to be free is first, you know, I think events can make a lot of money, and I know they do, but they take a lot of planning, number one. Uh, and second, that's not my business, you know? Like, I, I, I like this podcast, because I like interviewing people, I like talking to people. Mm -hmm. I like the digital nomad community, I like meeting people. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like making my money through normal stuff. Like, my, <laughs> so I have my e-commerce stores and my dropshipping stores, and that pays all my bills, so I have this free time to do these other things, which, you know, I get to meet a lot of people, so you network. Uh, I end up learning a lot from everyone. And that, in the big picture, makes me more money in my other businesses. And I really wanted this opportunity for not just digital nomads, but let's say like an English teacher who wants to become a digital nomad and doesn't know what to, to do, to be able to come to this event, uh, not you know have to break their bank to, to attend uh, and learn something. you know. And basically, we gave away 120 free tickets. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. awesome. I yeah. think like uh, this kind of an event should always be free, at least personally, because you know knowledge should also always be free. And like you said, that English teacher, she might hear the keyword dropshipping or affiliate marketing, and she's gonna go do some Google searches, but she's gonna be so inundated with so much wall of text and information, all these marketers, either good or bad, black hat or white hat, coming at her. That I think I think like this is kind of a razor blade. Um, events like these actually um, would really benefit the general population that are very interested in um, independent location living. You know? So I actually think that I would pay for an event like this if if I knew what I was going to get out of it. So for example, I have a friend that's flying to Austin, Texas to go to an Amazon uh, FBA mastermind summit or something. I, I don't actually know the name of it, but the tickets to that are $1,000. Yeah. And he's spending another $1,000 to fly there. To me, that's absolutely worth it because he's now making, you know, let's say a couple thousand dollars a month from his Amazon store uh, or his products. So it makes sense for him to go there, learn more, take to the next level. Yeah. And if he can make an extra thousand dollars a month from what he learned, it's absolutely worth it. You know, and the same as when people came for the dropshipping retreat, those people that were, that were invited, they were all making a couple thousand dollars a month from their store already. And then after meeting each other, you know, kind of learning from each other, you know, uh, learning all these tips and seeing how other people are doing and kind of learning from them, now they're all making more money per month as well. So 
I think for spe very specific um, things like that, it's absolutely worth paying for. I think the reason why I wanted this one to be free is because this is more of a like an intro to everything, mm -hmm. yes. you know? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know. I mean, people can... My, my only goal for this was actually, to be honest, just to not to lose too much money. <laughs> but thanks to Buffer, uh, you know, if you guys haven't used Buffer, they are an awesome app. So basically, you know, what it does is it schedules all your social media uh, and it frees up your time. So let's say you want to put up a blog post instead of having to go to Facebook, uh, you know, post it up, go to Twitter, post it up, go to all these different social media sites. You can just have it automatically send out, but not only you know, just right away, you can have it sent out at sporadic times. Uh, and this is how a lot of big name, you know, people that seem busy uh, seem to be tweeting 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Once an hour or 24 hours a day is because <laughs> they schedule all this stuff in advance. And especially for location independent digital nomads, it's so important because when I am posting something right now, it is like four in the morning in the US and no one's gonna see it. So if I make, if I schedule a blog post and I just post it live when I'm done writing it, you know, maybe 10 out of a thousand people are actually awake still. And those people aren't really, you know, they're not really thinking straight. <laughs> you know, they probably just got back from drinking or they couldn't sleep. But if I schedule it to, you know, to go live at 10 a.m. when people are at their jobs and they're just surfing the internet, it's the perfect time. Definitely. So. Yeah. And one interesting thing about Buffer is also that they, they have a super open company culture. Um, so you can also check out their um, open, open blog um, where they talk about how they run business, how they grew, um, how they work with their employees. And um, they are one of the few companies that are completely open to hiring wherever. So um, maybe also a good opportunity for people who are not ready to, you know, jump into the having an own business kind of thing and um, so want to take advantage of like lo location independent life yeah so definitely yeah. you know I think that's really cool that a lot of companies are allowing right. people to work from anywhere now yeah uh, because Chiang Mai is a great place to, to live and work yeah um, and you know really all of Thailand all of Southeast Asia is mm. yeah I mean I think like Chiang Mai uh, and Bangkok are definitely the introduction to Southeast Asia now always have been but places like Saigon, even um, Ubud, Ubud, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Manila, Manila mm. is actually up and coming. Makati is definitely getting some really mm. fiber optics cable, fast internet, and uh, I feel like this is the place to be. Um, obviously, the worlds are shifting, mm. and Asia's where it's at. So, Paige, you traveled a ton. Yes, I have. Okay, so what what got you to start traveling so much? I've always been interested in the world. Um, I grew up with Tintin comics, and if you know what that is, it's basically uh, a, kid, a guy traveling around the world and seeing the wonders of the world. And I just feel like there's a sense of wanderlust about travel that a lot of people definitely tune into or don't. And I feel like there's definitely a separation between the kinds of travels that you could do. I mean, you could go on a package tour and you could have um, kind of like a coordinated uh, to-do list and everything and be out of there in two weeks whereas I think if you could kind of you know go traveling with an open mind and look at the world through a different lens and a more caring and more uh, responsible lens and not really sticking to any um, you know like um, a script like a script exactly like just go there on a whim see what happens and if you, if you feel like if you're in the states right now be like oh well I'm I'm I have a job, like, 
uh, I have a mortgage, I got a car. Honestly, like those things are the least of your worries. Like I've always said, like I think the time to travel is now because I came to Thailand in 2010. Uh, you've talked about Kofi Niang, I'm sure, on mm-hmm. the podcast. It's pretty, basically where full moon party happens. It's pretty awesome. And literally in the span of five years, I've seen that island turn from a village, a fishing village, to a full-fledged tourism party island. Party <laughs> island. Yeah. And like this is not just one isolated incident. Mm-hmm. It's really all around the world. The only and good thing about that uh, is there's always going to be another island somewhere that's not developed yet. So I think a lot of times it's not you know specifically the place that you go, but it's when you go. So yeah, people talk about you know Koh Phi Phi or Koh Phi Niang as these beautiful pristine places yes. that they remember from five mm-hmm. years ago, and a lot of times people are disappointed now. They're like, it's so built up, so touristy, uh, so people are very unhappy to go there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's going to be an island close by there that we've never even heard of. Um, Definitely. I mean, like, for example, Indonesia has 20,000 islands. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to try to populate all of those at the same time. So there's always the unbeaten path, and I highly recommend your listeners to definitely take that route and at least try it. Yeah, and right now, the so the ones I can think of off the top of my head, um, in in Cambodia, there's an island called Koh Rong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which to me is at the perfect time to go because I personally don't like going to places that, you know, that has nothing yet. Like, I don't yeah. want to stay in a fishing village um, and, you know, and have, you know, not be able to communicate, not be able to do things. But at the same time, I don't want to be somewhere where all, all the package stores are. Definitely. So I like it when it's just built up enough where there's easy transportation, there's actually hotels to stay at. Some kind of a Wi-Fi, at least yeah. some, mm-hmm. some few hours in a day. I mean, yeah. you're not asking for much here. So, you know, there's some kind of, you know, infrastructure. Like, infrastructure. Right? Yeah. And, you know, right now it's called Rome, but I guarantee you two years from now, it, you're going to go there and be like, what was Johnny talking about? <laughs> this place is so exactly. built up. And nothing stays forever, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, as you said, definitely check it out now because the, it's not going to be the same or at least be here in a few years. And especially w- with a lot of wildlife stuff. Like, yes. so I'm, I'm going scuba diving uh, the day after the summit <laughs> ends. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so it's going to be a nice break because I'm doing all these projects right now. I'm actually hiring two Filipino VAs mm. and it's forcing me um, because I'm going to be without internet for five days and I'm freaking out, you know? <laughs> and luckily... My girlfriend also now runs a dropshipping store, so she knows how to fulfill orders and mm. uh, send out the tracking numbers and all that stuff. So she's volunteered to do it for me, you know, so thank you, Larissa. But I was worried, I was like, well, what if she wanted to come with me on this diving trip? <laughs> then I wouldn't be able to go, you know, I would just be screwed. I would be, I would either have to pause my business for five days and risk, you know, unhappy customers, you know, risk, yeah. you know, all these, you know, all these things. Or um, I would only be able to go places where I can I have to be able to check internet, you know, even like an hour a day. You know, that's what I've been doing with all my travels. Where when I'm on vacation, I won't really work full time. Yes. But every morning I'll wake up an hour early, uh, or before I go to bed for an hour and just answer all the emails, do all the fulfill all the orders. And to a lot of people, they're thinking, well, you know, that's pretty nice. You know, you're working four hours a week. You know, as Tim first prescribed. <laughs> Um, and you're still be able to travel you still do whatever you want but unfortunately that limits me like I want to be able to go trekking in Nepal uh, I want to be able to go on this liveaboard scuba diving trip where I'm at sea for, for four days uh, 
So that's why I'm hiring these VAs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know what, um, I've kind of gone through this problem myself, and Tim Ferriss actually talks about it with Rolf Plotz, which is actually the writer of um, Vagabonding. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that book. If you've never traveled, get that book. It's kind of a philosophical introduction to traveling. And basically what they talk about is this, that you know you could be traveling and you could be working at the same time, but you know, constantly being on your mobile phone or being connected to Facebook and to the general, the wider world um, kind of takes away from the significance of where you're at and kind of downplays the fact that you're in this amazing setting. And um, I think that obviously like one hour a day is definitely doable and we're running businesses here, as you said, and you want to definitely maintain that. And that's the beauty of it, like maintaining an online business while traveling. I think it's, nothing is more bliss than that. But at the same time, it's about an equilibrium or a balance of that. And obviously, you know, try not to overdo it with Facebook and um, being on the internet in a magical place like Thai, Thai islands, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more along the lines of you, Johnny, on, on that one. Like I, you mentioned before that I'm not so fond of the term digital nomad. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> which is... <laughs> Um, which is which is mainly why I don't think I am necessarily one of them. Uh, you know, it kind of implies that you're traveling all the time. You know, you have like all your stuff in one bag. Um, it's to me, it's to be honest, not that desirable. Like I like kind of having a home base here in Chiang Mai and like doing the, you know, trips every once in a while to the Thai islands, which are very beautiful, um, or also other places abroad. Um, but you know, I like that idea of having a home base, and actually, like like my productivity um, actually really went up ever since I've I'm regularly at a co-working space, which Johnny told me a month ago, but I didn't want to listen. <laughs> um, and now but, that you you started yeah. going, you, so you've been out right. there for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you like it compared to working at a coffee shop or working at home? Um, well, I, I I love it. I really do mainly because um, it gives. It takes it even takes away those five to fifteen minutes, depending on in what mood I am, <laughs> of thinking about what coffee shop am I going to today. Um, thinking and um, you know, true. it just makes it, it. It sounds really, really stupid, but it just like gives your day so much structure mm-hmm. if you like have that place to go to and to do that. And um, that has even like somehow affected the rest of my life. Like if, if I'm more, I'm better with like sticking to my gym uh, schedule, uh, doing sports, and also you know, more regular. I mean, I'm kind of jumped in the paleo train now so also mm-hmm. with the eating and you know being around um people who have share my values it's it's good and you also you know you have someone to talk to and that's kind of like in the in the same situation as you are so if you have a question i don't know like i know that i could walk up to you guys if i you know had something that i think you guys have expertise with and um i'm sure i could help so um it's it's really um improved my working experience i guess yeah yeah, no, I, not, I, not just working actually that's the wrong trip it's work yeah. social kind of yeah. everything yeah. and I'm more yeah. much more productive as well yeah. I mean I yeah. talk about co-working spaces a lot yeah. um, and I'm glad they're popping up everywhere in the world because mm-hmm. I think wherever I am I'm, I'm always going to work in a co-working space and not out of home or out of a coffee shop if I just need to kind of you know if I'm on vacation I need to just do something I'll go mm-hmm. to a coffee shop but yeah. if I actually want to get something done I'm, right. I'm going to go to an office yeah. Yeah. Um, but what we were saying earlier about um, having a home base and, mm. and traveling from there. I mean, so we're sitting in my apartment right now where I live with Larissa. Mm-hmm. And right when you guys walked in, the first thing you noticed was all, all the photos on the wall. Yeah. yeah. You got decoration, actually. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really glad that, you know, it was Larissa's idea to put those photos up. Yeah. Uh, but they're basically, you know, it's her entire family. Yeah. It's up to her mom, her dad, yeah. her brother, her... 
you know, and my my niece, my um, you know, my nephew, my sister, my parents are up there, mm-hmm. and it really makes it feel homey. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of a, a quality that most guys aren't very good at. <laughs> like, yes. you know, for when we decorate things. I concur. Yeah. You know, and it, it, what I like about it is when I'm here, it even though I'm not in the U.S., I'm not you know where I was born. If it still feels like home. You know, I have, we have a full kitchen here. We have, we're sitting at our dining room table. We have a, like a sofa. And it's very different than the first four years of my travels where I was in like a hostel or, yeah. you know, in a, in a cold room. Yeah. Um, I could tell you that as a traveler for the last five years, I've also stayed in hostels. And you know what? As much f- fine and fun as they are, uh, they're going to run out of, their steam like you're gonna want to have some kind of a, um, a kind of like a place that you could always call home but I agree with you guys and also disagree with you I think mm-hmm. like in my opinion having a home for maybe four months to a year mm-hmm. definitely like that's a good place to put yourself and like you're gonna learn the inside out of Chiang Mai you're mm-hmm. definitely gonna learn what's good what's bad the people are gonna be coming in you're gonna make a big um, social network around yourself mm-hmm. And I feel like Chiang Mai is already a good place because you could, you know, hop on a plane and you're immediately in India or China. Or, I mean, basically everything is just so accessible. Um, but I feel like also having too many um, things tying you down is definitely something that I try to stay away from. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to live very nomadic. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to use that word again. But I def- <laughs> like really if fine. you come into my room and I, I literally do not have any of these decors or anything, but I've also been here for two weeks, so I haven't been able to um, grab all that stuff. But I feel like definitely getting a balance of that as well is very key. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's like times for both situations. In yeah, life, definitely. You know? Like, I don't sure. know. I, I, who knows what the future brings? Maybe in four weeks I'll wake up and be like oh my god this sucks I really want to leave so yeah. you know it's just, and the great the know, beauty of that is that you can yeah, because exactly, you don't yeah, have yeah. the mortgage yeah, yeah, and you're doing yeah. it monthly yeah. and uh, it's very easy to just exactly. take off yeah. well one, one example is so we have a washing machine uh, which is right over there yeah. I would never ever ever buy a washing machine yeah. while I'm traveling in Thailand even if I thought I was going to live here for a while I just don't want that responsibility yes um but what I like about things like picture frames is I can just pack it or I can just leave it. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. you know just print out new photos when yeah. I go. I can just take the photos right. itself. So even though it looks like I have a lot of stuff, uh, because this place is fully furnished, mm-hmm. I don't actually own any of this. Which yeah. is great. You know, I can still pack everything I want in maybe two or three bags, um, throw away the things that I don't, you know, I can just buy again or I don't need. Uh, and then like the blender, for example, like I'm not with the ice cream maker. Uh, I'm not gonna bring that with me. I'm just gonna give it to someone when I leave, right. or you can sell it. Uh, but what it does is, the six months or the year that I am here, I can really feel like I'm at home and yes. not feel like I'm giving anything up. Um, but my travel style now uh, has changed a lot from the, you know the first couple of years. Now I really like staying here for one or two months and then going on a two week vacation somewhere. Yes, definitely. Uh, and that way I can really travel hard, you know, play hard, enjoy myself, and then come back and just chill out for two months and be energized again too right yeah. yeah so what are your travel plans for the next couple of months oh, honestly i'm just kind of trying to figure that out <laughs> i definitely want to see more of uh, more of thailand you were speaking about the islands before um mm-hmm. i've heard many good things about um Kosamet and Koh Lipe. okay yes. um so i really really want to go see those places and um i'd love to go up north again um i've been to pai 
I really love it. It's um, so serene, the rice fields, you know, just that whole thing. I, but with pie, you know, the burning season is coming up, so I guess I'm kind of postponed that a little. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll see. So let's talk quickly about burning season. Yeah. What have you heard about it? And I've heard everything from um, we will all die <laughs> um, to it's actually not that bad. Life goes on in Chiang Mai. So um, honestly, like at the moment, I don't really have an opinion on it. So I'm just going to wait and see how it is. And um, if it's really as bad as I've heard from some people, I'm probably just going to hop on a plane and go south for a bit. So what is actually is birding season pitch? I feel I, I believe that all the farmers around Chiang Mai um, burn their crops yeah. to fertilize the soil is mm-hmm. that correct or even just to clear the soil for the next next year's yeah. crops mm-hmm. uh, yeah and I think like I guess they have to do that but it's also a carcinogen to us so mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. yeah and it usually happens it it depends on the weather like if it's if it's dry enough for them to burn it because mm-hmm. if it's raining you know if it rains like two weeks before they can't obviously can't burn it so the saving grace would be if it, you know, if it rains or the weather's not good, and then <laughs> they just won't burn for a while, or maybe they just have to skip it. I don't, I don't know what would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually by mid March, so let's say March 15th, it's dry enough where they can burn all the crops, and they usually do this for about two weeks or so. Right. Uh, so the actual burning season can start as early as mid February, mm-hmm. uh, and but normally it starts mid March. And it always goes until two days before Songkran, mm. which is April 13th, which is the water festival. Yay. Uh, are you guys going to be here Definitely for that? Definitely planning oh, yeah. on being yeah. here for that, for sure. Yeah. I was here for last year. I, last year was my second time doing it, mm. and the first time was amazing. Yeah, so I heard on the podcast. It's so fun. <laughs> all right, so if you guys can listen to last year's podcast, it's so fun. Yeah. Um, and then last... So this year, I've actually decided... It's a little bit too fun. <laughs> it's a little bit too crazy. It's almost like, I mean, it, it's kind of like going to a rave during the day. It's like going to a, a music festival or a rave where everyone has water guns. <laughs> and you do this for like five days. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is very, very fun. I, you know, I've done it. So I encourage everyone else to do it once. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think I'm actually going to stay away from Thailand just for that week. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, after three years, you probably get... A little bit tired of it, but I'm definitely gonna be here. So, we'll see. but I think that kind of just shows that, like, it, it really it, it's all about life. It's all about timing, you know. Yes. Again, yeah. is it's one thing that can be super fun uh, to someone, or to even to the same person, may not be fun if they're at a different stage in their life at a different mm-hmm. point. And it doesn't mean we should look down on the event and say it's not good. Like, so Copenhagen, yeah. you know, we we're all three of us we were talking about how much of a, a crazy party place it is, how mm-hmm. much package stores are there but at the same time if you've never been to thailand and let's say you're you know in your 20s mm-hmm. you're gonna go there and think wow this is the best place in the world <laughs> everything is organized you know there's so many people here everyone's here to party you know everyone you know it's you know it's it's basically paradise uh, if that's what you're looking for. And to be fair, like what I've also heard about Copenhagen is that there's actually quite a lively kind of digital nomad community building there. I mean, I think they have their first co-working space opening. I've heard Copenhagen good things about something. it. Yeah. yeah so but, um, yeah, I mean, not so much my thing, but yeah. you know, everybody has their kind of preferences. So Copenhagen yeah. has basically two areas, the north and the south. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hadwin Beach is the very south point, and that's where the full moon party is, mm. as well as the 
probably the half moon, quarter moon, no moon, black moon parties. <laughs> Shiva moon. Shiva, yeah. yeah. There's basically parties every week when you're yeah. there. And it gets wild, it's insane. Uh, but in the north, which is... Hadiao, and I think. Yeah, I, I've actually never really been there. I, I've been there to go scuba diving, but I didn't stay there. And it's an hour and a half drive, yeah. kind of through jungle roads. Mm. So it's actually a little bit hard to get to. Very yeah. lush. Yeah. Very lush. Yeah, and that is quiet. It's beautiful. You know, even when the full moon party itself is going on, nobody goes up there because it's so far. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah. kind of... S- in one epicenter at the south and like if you want to escape the madness like just get on a motorbike and go north and it's honestly one of the most beautiful islands i've been to and i've been to my fair share so. yeah so i would definitely check out Kopaniang, uh and i would love to check out the co-working space there as well mm. uh, do you remember the name of it i don't um but i mean definitely you'll be able to find that mm. we'll put a link to it in the show notes yeah. uh episode 63 and in Colanta, they have their first co-working space now really? as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's called a co-hub. Uh, and we're going to check it out when we're down there. Um, so my parents are coming in March. And uh, my sister, her husband, my niece, nephew, mom, dad. It's going to be a big family <laughs> event. And Larissa's going to meet them for the first time. And originally, I was going to rent you know, three hotel rooms side by side. Whoa. But instead, I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure we can just rent... Like a, a big house yeah. for the same price. So we found it was so was, I cannot believe I actually had to Google Villa Rentals Colanta. <laughs> and we found a great place. It's a three bedroom uh, place right on the beach. And it wasn't that expensive. It was, you know, it wasn't super cheap. But um, to me, it's, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, my family can all stay together. You know, we can, we have a kitchen, you know, where some days we can have breakfast and, you know, stay in. So that I'm really excited for. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Be nice. Good trip. Yeah, I'm actually getting a family reunion uh, coming up in Istanbul, and we got a house for the whole family for like $150 a month a, a, a day, which is like pretty amazing in mm-hmm. the center of Saksim Square in Istanbul. So, how did you like, find yours? Uh, well, actually, it was a friend uh, of a friend, but easily you could find relatively similar pricing on Airbnb okay. and Agora, like uh, Agoda. Agora. Yeah. So like it's very easy to find these kinds of um, locations. You don't necessarily have to go live in a hotel, but um, the opportunities are endless. So for Colanta itself, I, I looked at a bunch of different uh, platforms to rent the place. Uh, I looked on Agoda and they had a couple, but Villa is a very loose term. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, often you have a hotel suite and they call it a villa. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't really have a family there. It's really just for, like, let's say, honeymoon. Sure. Um, and then you have, you know, the actual houses. You have all these random different things. So I looked on Airbnb. Uh, I don't remember. I don't. I forgot why I didn't look more in Airbnb. Maybe just people in Thailand don't use it that often. Or I just couldn't find um, a decent place on there. Mm-hmm. But then on there, they actually had, you know, these websites where all they do is cater to people who want to rent, you know, these family houses. Uh, but I ended up renting it through TripAdvisor. Really? Yeah. They actually have a, so they, they have the easiest search tool to find these villas because then you can say how many bedrooms and bathrooms you want. Right. Uh, but what it is, it's, it's actually not TripAdvisor. It's one of their services called Turnkey. Mm. I have used them. Yes. Yes. It's a subsidiary or something. Like yeah. That. Uh, but here's the little travel hack: is before you know purchasing it, I just e- I just messaged the owner directly, yeah. uh, hopped on Skype with them, and explained to them the situation. I said, "Look, my whole family's coming. Like, um, can I pay you directly and you know save on these fees? Because Turnkey TripAdvisor is 
they, they charge quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they charge like 5% or something, you know, and that adds up when something's over $1,000. Right. Um, and we, he said, yeah, you can pay me through PayPal, but there's this, you know, deposit that you have to, you have to put that if you have to send it back and forth, we're going to end up spending this X amount of money anyways. So at the end of the day, what he did, he said, look, you guys are staying for nine nights. I'll just charge you for eight. Uh, and we ended up paying through turnkey as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it never hurts, it hurts to ask. Um, yeah. You know, I think if you, it's hard to ask for a discount on things, but if you're staying there for like, let's say eight nights and say, you know, can I just, you know, pay for a week? I would think most people would, you know, they would be pretty open to that. So you might as well try. Definitely. Yeah. So, Colanta, have you guys been there? Yeah. I mm-hmm. am definitely going in about two weeks. Okay. What, what have you heard things. about it and what did you like about it? Well, my best experience in Colanta was that I actually learned how to ride a scooter there, <laughs> which has definitely brought up my experience in Chiang Mai too. Um, yeah, and um, I've, I was actually in the on my scooter in the very south of the island where there is a big national park, and um, there was like monkeys running around, and one of them stole my M and M's, and I hope he didn't die eating them. Um, and I was like literally all by myself watching a sunset. Oh, well, that sounds a little more sad than I wanted it to, but yeah, so. <laughs> It was just like really, really an amazing experience. And I, I felt that the, the island is big enough so that it doesn't feel super crowded, but it's pretty well developed. So um, it has like the best of both worlds and I really, really had a great time there. And uh, you know, I've, I've been to the South Islands, but I've never actually ventured to Koh Lanta. And through my travels, everyone keeps talking about Koh Lanta, Koh Lanta, mm-hmm. Koh Lanta. Yeah. And, like, and I've heard that it's actually not that touristic and it's kind of a more laid back place. And if it kind of still has the authentic Thai uh, island feel, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's also obviously a kind of a, a location for liver broads and diving, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely on board with that, and uh, really looking forward to it, man. So so far, Kolanta has had the best scuba diving in Thailand. Really? That I've been to. That's good to know. Yeah. You know, um, there's a dive site called Hindang and Hin Wong which means red rock, purple rock. Mm-hmm. And that's where I saw the manta rays. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. I'll have a, a, a link to the YouTube video uh, of us actually underwater, nice. you know, watching these things. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes of this episode cool. if you guys want to watch it. Um, but it's, I mean, Colanta is beautiful and it's, it's about timing. It's one of those things where I'm sure, unfortunately, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's going to be the next Phuket. It's going to be overly right. built up, overly yes. touristy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not going to be as nice anymore. But right now, it is the my favorite island in Thailand. That's I mean, I guess one of the en- advantages we have with traveling, you know, we talk a lot about like places being touristy. But then um, the advantage we have is we can kind of avoid high season. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, it's not about, you know, just having, I don't know, like time off over Christmas or New Year's when everybody's going. But like due to the nature of the business we're doing, we're a little bit more flexible. So I guess, you know, we can kind of work around those dates a little and actually go and see those places Save where they're not as crowded. Too. I mean, yeah. I went to Pai just last week yeah. and it was still at the very brunt of the high season and everything mm-hmm. was twice as expensive. So if you went a week or a month from now you would definitely be paying half the price yeah especially with combinations if you look at any of the places like the like the the place that we rented in Colanta, because March is still the end of high season yeah. and you know what it's a little bit unfair to be honest because they extend what is high season way longer than what it really is <laughs> um, but if you're going to go let's say in July where the, it's kind of the monsoon se- season there where for most days it's still beautiful and you can still chill on the beach 
but there's no diving on those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the places are literally half price. Yeah. So you know, it really kind of depends on what what you're looking for. Um, the place I'm going to next week, right after the summit, is Kaulak. Have you guys mm-hmm. heard of it? I have. Yeah. Have you, I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. So I've never been there either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, what have you heard about it? Not much. Just that it's very beautiful and not as crowded, really. I mean, that's like the things you hear hear about, like in terms of islands, like the ones that people like yeah. that are not I crowded. Feel like the smaller yeah. island, the better, mm-hmm. at least. So I feel like Kolak is also a smaller island, correct? Yeah. So I don't actually know if it's an island. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm, I well, assume it's an island, doesn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> on the map, what it is is. Kaolak is an hour north of Phuket, so you would fly into Phuket Airport, or you could fly to Krabi, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, drive for about an hour, and you're on this coastal town. So it's like it's more oh. of a coastal, you know, okay. beachy Resort town kind of thing. Yep. Than uh, actual island. But what's nice about it is that is the landing point to the Similan Islands, nice. mm-hmm. which is supposed to be the best diving in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been there yet, so I can't I can't say if it's better than Kolanta, mm-hmm. but um, from what I've heard, it's kind of one of those things where it's th- those are the two that fight for first place. Yes. Oh, really? uh, yeah. The downside to the Similans is it's so far off land that you have to do a liveaboard. And I've also heard, unfortunately, there has been some chloral bleaching. But, I mean, it's not escaping yeah. it from much, most places either. So I'll, I'll check it out and I'll report back if it's worth it or not. Yeah. Um, I might even do a podcast while I'm on the boat. I don't know. We'll see. Why not? You did it from Korong, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically what a liveaboard is, is a big... It's almost like being on a cruise ship, uh, but only for diving. Without mm. the food. No, you know, I've heard that the food on a, on liveaboards is really, really? good. Yeah. Wow. I heard all you do is you dive and eat. Wow, that sounds like heaven. Yeah. So you basically have... There's a chef on board who cooks while you're underwater mm-hmm. and as soon as you come up there's food every, every between every dive that's probably worth the money then yeah and you that's know it's fun. it's not cheap but it's not as expensive as i thought it would be mm-hmm. so you it's about 200 dollars a day and it's for so it's for a three day three night it's about 600 or or 700 dollars mm-hmm. so it's definitely not cheap but it is one of those things where you can save up for and it's it's definitely worth going to definitely you know so I'll report back and then I'll tell you how, how that is, but I'm excited. Especially yeah. right after the summit. Yeah. It's going to be nice to just unwind. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be fun either way, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to everything. What are you looking forward, like for the summit itself, what are you looking forward to most? I'm looking forward to actually hearing some of the people that have been in. Uh, for, I'm very interested in dropshipping, mm-hmm. just like you, hearing it from it and kind of making um, a business for myself and it's, it's really great to see people in first person that have also been making it. And I feel like there is such a wealth of knowledge out there that we could definitely tap into. And a lot of these things um, are parallel. Um, I feel like some speakers are going to have a lot of information about internet marketing, affiliate marketing, I believe, uh, in general. And a lot of them have very successful um, businesses. And you could basically cherry pick ideas based on their success and if you're very good at what you're doing and if you, if you have the vision and the drive you could definitely implement that for your own uh, bottom line as well and Catherine yeah for me it's also the speakers and I'm like super psyched because you know especially people in um, like dropship or affiliate they're sometimes a little bit like um you know, don't want to talk so much about like what they do. So I just think it's so exciting that we actually found some really, really awesome people that are willing to like get on that stage and actually share some of their experiences. So 
So um, that's what gets me really, really excited right now. And also, obviously, the networking, just like all the excitement that has been in the group. And when you look on Facebook, you know, everybody's so much looking forward to that. And I think it's just going to be, you know, a really, really, really great event and a great day. Yeah, I'm excited as well because so a lot of the people that are speaking are people that I've met in person and I, I knew that they would be good speakers. So I invited them to come speak. But even some of them, I've never really talked too much about what their actual business is because... You know, as as Catherine said, a lot of times people will just hush, hush. They're kind of, yeah, they're like you know, especially people that are doing very well. Mm. Uh, either they don't have time to explain uh, what they're doing, or they're kind of like, well, I'm doing so well that I kind of want everyone else to be here yeah. as well. Yeah. So I was actually a little bit surprised at some of the people who are openly going to talk. Um, uh, for example, uh, there's a guy named Philip who is he owns Hammock Universe, uh, which used to be a dropshipping site. He used to just you know basically dropship hammocks. Mm. Uh, and he did so well that he decided, he's like, well, why am I just drop shipping it? Why don't I just uh, import these hammocks and private label them and create my own brand? Mm-hmm. So he, the reason why he's okay talking about his niche and mm-hmm. what um, what he does is because he's kind of gotten over the first initial hump, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, where yeah, he nice. doesn't actually have to protect the the, the niche anymore. Yeah. Uh, because he is the supplier. He is the niche. So he, yeah, he is a niche now. <laughs> and what's really funny is um, after I interviewed him for the podcast, somebody messaged me saying, hey, he's my supplier for my Joshua store. Wow. Awesome. So I thought that was really funny. So he's speaking. Mm. Uh, Mark Brenwall is speaking about Amazon FBA. And he pr- basically, you know, creates CrossFit uh, exercise equipment. So he has like a jump rope and he has some other, other gear. Uh, so he's pretty openly, he op- openly talks about that as well. Um, ben Finnegan, uh, he also is actually his dropshipper as well, but he's talking more about how to hack your health because one thing that we don't, we don't really know about Ben is he's, he's been through a lot of health issues, uh, in- including he got, uh, he got Lyme's disease for a while. I can't believe that. That's crazy. And he somehow cured himself of it yeah. just by be- eating a very strict paleo diet, um, you know, as well as some other kind of health tricks that he's going to talk about. Um, this guy named Jordan Bishop, who I actually haven't met, but, you know, he's he's a flight hacker. He's, I think he's going to talk a little bit about um, travel rewards and things like that. Mm-hmm. Very keen on that. Leon J, who is the he's the co-founder of Coffee Monster, which is one of the, co- the uh, co-working spaces here. Yeah. I've seen him a bunch. I've never actually had a conversation with him, mm. but I know he does really well. He he is the owner of something called Fusion HQ, uh, which is a big startup, you know. And he's you know finally we got to actually find out what he does. <laughs> and, right. You know, have him you know talk about the business. Um, Sean Lee, who I had on the podcast, uh, but I would love to talk to him more because he makes a thousand dollars a day from his YouTube channel, and to me that is very very cool. So he's gonna talk about that. And I think the person I'm looking forward to most is a girl named Natalie J. Have you have you guys ever met her? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. She, I don't know. I, I really don't know how much money she makes, but it's <laughs> in the millions. Really? Yes. <laughs> and it's one of those things where a lot of people come to Chiang Mai because it's a cheap place to live where yeah. we can bootstrap, you know. And I think it's awesome where you know to get started here. Uh, but the one thing, the one big complaint a lot of people have is there's not enough, you know, high earners in Chiang Mai. There's not enough people making six figures or making, you know, more than $10,000 a month. Uh, but there are. <laughs> and usually they, you just don't know them. You know? Because they're just they're like not, working really hard. <laughs> most likely not working from co-working spaces. Mm. 
And, you know, so luckily, you know, I met her through a friend, uh, through Ben, actually. And I, you know, I told her about the summit. And I was really surprised. And she was like, yeah, I'll talk about it. She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so there's going to be 10 plus speakers uh, for the summit. Everyone's going to talk in kind of like a TED, TED style talk. Because it's going to be, you know, instead of having hour long talks, about subjects that people may or may not be interested in. So let's say someone's talking about you know Amazon or dropshipping or wholesaling. Not everyone's gonna be interested in it. You know, some people just kind of want to learn. You know, they they want to know what it is, but they don't want to dive deep in it yet. Uh, what I like about these talks is people are going to give you the best twenty minute you know presentation, and then we'll have time for Q and A. You'll have time to meet them afterwards. We'll take a lot of breaks. So people can meet each other, and. I actually feel a little bit bad about hyping this up so much because it is sold out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have videos, right? Yeah. I, I hope so. So, yeah. yeah, definitely check out nomadsummit.com. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll try to have the videos up, you know, n- not too much later after the event. Um, but I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Johnny, for doing that. Yeah, no. Thank you guys, because honestly, yeah. I wouldn't be able to, been able to put together this event if it wasn't for the, the help of both of you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted you two on this podcast today. More than welcome. Yeah. And, and I just checked it. We have 158 people wow. that are confirmed to go to the event, uh, which we put together in... Mm-hmm. Less than two weeks, right? Yeah. In less than 10 days. Yeah. Wow. So... Go out and do the same Speechless. thing, people. It's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, really, it's, it's just about implementation. You know, um, I think my talk may be on that, but in case I, I end up talking about something else, I just want to leave everyone with, if you guys have an idea, there's always going to be pros and cons to it. There's always going to be speed bumps or doubts. But if you think it's a good idea, just do it. You know, the, this podcast is the, the ultimate example of it. I was on somebody's podcast, this guy named Terry Lynn, and I thought, hey, that's pretty fun. I was like, maybe I should make my own podcast. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I started Traveling the Boss. <laughs> that's awesome. And now 63 episodes later, you know, 10,000 downloads a month, <laughs> we are here. And what's the best part of it is it's full circle now where the listeners like Archie and like you, Paige, are now show guests. That's amazing. Very surreal. And I'm looking forward to building my own podcast. So I'm definitely learning everything that you're doing and trying to implement it as well. So. Yeah. So, Catherine, thank you for being on the show. Thank, thank you very you. much where for can, having us. Where can people find you? Um, you can check out, like, my name is a little bit complicated, but I guess you can find it in the in the show notes. Um, it's CatherineFalken.com, um, my site where I just, like, talk a little bit about what I do and who I am. Okay. And Paige? Um, I have just my portfolio site at digital-nomad.me and you can find some of my uh, landscape and world photography on there as well and some of my graphic design works in the past. Very cool. So uh, if you guys want to have links to any of this or anything we talked about, please go to travellikeabosspodcast.com, show notes episode 63. And some of you guys, I hope to see you either at the Nomad Summit uh, this weekend or for the next one we put up <laughs> six months a year from now what, what happens yeah who knows see you in Chiang Mai see Yay. you guys thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode 
Join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.